Welcome to the Dance Centre podcast. I am your host, Claire French, and I'm joining you from the traditional unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish and Tsleil-Waututh peoples, also known as Vancouver, Canada. I'll be talking to dancers, choreographers and other members of the dance world here on the West Coast to find out more about their creative work and practices and to discuss what it means to us to be dance professionals today. Thanks for joining us. Today I'm speaking with Angela Conquet, who is the international guest curator for the 2021 edition of Dance in Vancouver, the Dance Centre's biennial West Coast dance platform. Angela is based in Melbourne, Australia, and has a 20-year international career between Europe, Japan, Australia, and now with us in Canada. Welcome, thank you for being here. And Star Maranko, who's co-curator with Michelle Olsen, both of Vancouver's Raven Spirit Dance Company. They have developed Indigidiv in tandem with DIV, and that has been happening for several years. Star is based in Vancouver and celebrates her mixed ancestry of Cree, Moose Cree First Nation. I think I said that right, French and German. There's a lot to talk about with my guests today, but I think what will happen is we'll reveal more about their associations with Vancouver and the world as we move forward in our conversation. And what I thought we'd do today is just start with, with the idea of what the crossovers and boundaries are in your perceptions um, between the two of you of Indigitive and DIV 2021. And yeah, so really the crossovers and maybe the boundaries launching into something, I feel like launching into this at this stage is also a way that we can address the programming and where you are at with that. But just, I also feel like Indigitive has a life and has been, I think, in several iterations now through the dance in Vancouver. But I particularly feel that this year, there's much more of a co-curation attitude. And that's also been in the program in the curation. And I wonder if maybe Angela could maybe start talking about that from her perspective. And then Star, maybe you could pick up and just let this be a conversation back and forth, if we can handle that on our Zencaster platform. <laughs> Thank you, Claire, for inviting me to chat with you today. And um, as it is customary in Australia, I would like to start by acknowledging that I speak from the Indigenous lands of Australia, lands that have always been and will always be Indigenous, and to acknowledge the traditional custodians of this land here in Melbourne, also known as Nam, so the Kulin Nation and the Wurundjeri people, and to pay my respects to their elders, past, present, future, and their knowledges and leadership and inspiration. To answer your question, um, I would say simply there is no crossover and there is no there are no boundaries this time between DIV and Indigative. It, DIV is Indigative, and uh, that's how we worked with this premise from the very beginning, simply because I think the invitation was extended to me in such a way that it was about connecting with Star and Michelle as co-curators of Indigative. But coming from Australia, for me, it was uh, an evidence that uh, was so, you know, it was just part of the modus operandi that I could not imagine walking on this lens from afar, even digitally, without being guided by Michelle. Michelle and Star, and without having them work with me and 
and support me in imagining this edition at the same level of um, engagement. So I think um, we can speak in this instance about trio, a curatorial trio or a curatorium. I don't know what the word could be. We can talk about that uh, at at a different time perhaps. But um, yeah, it's been that kind of journeying together and working together from the very beginning. And, And hopefully that will be uh, obvious for the audiences um, when um, they get to see what we have been busy with. <laughs> Excellent. Star, would you like to add to this, maybe from your experience of how much it's become, as Angela is talking this year, not necessarily compared to other years, but just your mm-hmm. from your place? Yeah. Well, thank, thank you so much again for the invitation to, to have this conversation. I'd also like to acknowledge I'm here in North Vancouver today, and I'm in beautiful Coast Salish territory. And this is the traditional territory of the um, Squamish, Musqueam, and Tsleil-Waututh First Nations in, in North Vancouver. And I have been a part of Indigitive since we first proposed this to Myrna and Raquel at the Dance Centre in 20, I want to say 2015 or perhaps earlier, but it's, it's definitely been a few editions now, so it's been several years. And I think that it has always been quite a dynamic process. And we've always, Michelle and I have really looked at it as how can we engage with the dance center? How can we create space for Indigenous artists, for their work, for our processes, for relationship building with presenters? And it's looked different over many years. And it, it's changed every couple of years. And so this, this time with the invitation to work with Angela in this way, very early on, we knew that this would be different in the sense that we're in in the times of COVID and we were going to be doing things different anyways. And Michelle and I, when we thought about Indigitive for this 2021 edition, and this was even before I think that Angela was invited to be a part of it, we, we just really felt that we wanted to be a part of the conversations earlier on in the process. So very often we would sort of join later in, in the process and we would have Indigitive be a part of Dance in Vancouver, but not necessarily be there at the beginning of the conversations. And so I think that that was actually much, had a larger impact than even Michelle and I thought. And, you know, being a part of those conversations from now almost almost a year now with Angela and because we've been able to be meeting on Zoom and just had really almost, I would say, right from the beginning, just a really, a lot of shared values, a lot of shared interests and ideas for this dance in Vancouver. We started meeting every couple weeks by Zoom, and I don't think we've missed very many weeks in between, you know, ever since last Christmas, I think it was. And so we've really had a lot of conversations, a lot of time to process ideas and consider different ways of approaching this dance in Vancouver. And we've talked a lot about legacy building too. And this is, um, you know, what is it not only for this dance in Vancouver, but what are we leaving for future dance in Vancouver's? And that's very much, I would say, an offer that that Michelle and I put forward from an Indigenous perspective is always looking ahead to what are you leaving for future generations and what are we learning from the past and those who've gone before us? And then what are we, what are we leaving for those who will come after? us. And so I feel like, yeah, I think that at the core of this dance in Vancouver and this co-curation has been relationship and the relationship that the three of us have built, which has taken time and commitment and deep listening, I think, from all of us and understanding. And we hope that that's something that we will bring into the experience for audience members and presenters and artists that it's, I feel that it's a, a bit more spaciousness this this time around, you know, we're, we're slowing 
a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I would like to say about it just being on the periphery of the organization of this and having been working at the dance center during COVID and I'm, I'm not there now in a full-time capacity or anything, but I have to say that I've been very aware of the significance of conversation in, you know, in, in this DIV far more than others. And I think that's evolved. It's continued uh, in the way that I've heard Angela engage with artists in the community, as well as you're organizing, you know, and you're curating conversations. And I just want to say that I really feel like this year will be different because of that, because the artists also have a different relationship to DIV because of the way that it's been, they've, they've been part of the journey. And I know, I feel like journey is a big word because I also know from your writing, or I feel like that's been in your conversation about how you want the, the audience to experience it as a journey with artists or the artists be on a journey with you for the audience or like all of these different journeyings that are happening that I think are really important because it leads me to this idea of I read somewhere star I think it might be on Raven Spirit Dancer's website but this idea or maybe it was you Angela in your wonderful lengthy article through the Japanese the Japanese foundation or something it was it was it was beautiful both were really good sources for me to go to for where this idea of learning and conversation exists for both of you in different ways and maybe all, and obviously all three of you but as I'm talking to Star and Angela now I'm speaking for Michelle which I shouldn't be doing <laughs> but based on this information there's a kind of this idea of the learning circle or something that or a circle that's underneath this more kind of more confrontational kind of attitude of like presenter show audience show performer production like you know like this, the performer is doing this for the audience. The presenter is coming to see an artist put themselves on stage. An audience is coming to see a show. And I feel like you're getting to what's underneath all of that. One, what supports that as an industry, you know, and as a, but then also what the value is of the work that you do to get there and then what it means after the show is over to a certain extent. So I, I feel very strongly that that is what's driving DIV. And I don't want to say, Indigitive DIV, but I feel like I should say Indigitive 2021, just to kind of, you know, kind of really make it clear that that is what's happening this year. And also in relation to the pandemic, I think what's been fascinating and what I think you two have illuminated is the positive side of the exchanges that we've been able to have through technology and through rethinking, rethinking how we might present or how we might engage with each other, how we might engage with our art form as well, and then how that might kind of spill out, transmit, you know, kind of disperse to the people that we're inviting into the room with us. So I wonder if you could talk a little bit about how the conversations influenced the curating, whether you see them as the same thing. And as this is going in, this will be kind of going out around the time of DIV. Maybe we could hint a little bit at how we want the audiences and other artists who are attending these things and might have different expectations, how we might want them to engage. I would just like to bounce off um, something that Star has said earlier. And I think, Claire, you summarized beautifully, I guess, what um, carried us forward or how we were bodying forth in, in preparing this edition. I think this uh, the spaciousness that Star uh, was talking about also comes from the fact that we knew that we were working in unusual times and very often, or I think I would say quite a, quite a lot, oh, this is going to be an, an unusual edition for unusual times or kind of business as unusual. So that that terrain where 
we were working outside in many ways of the pressure to deliver something that would resemble previous editions or to respond to those expectations offered a lot of space. Secondly, I think this way of engaging through digital screens and digitality, also particularly in my case, because I'm arriving from elsewhere, there is already something that's deliciously challenging in being invited to be a guest curator. And yet there is something that uh, is akin to imposture in many ways, because um, yes, I'm invited to be an outside eye or a critical uh, commentator and to make decisions or make assessments about a dance community of which obviously I know very little about and to identify those artists or those ideas which might interest not only local audiences but also international presenters. So in that sense it's a position where I see a lot of responsibility but also accountability and also on a more positive note an invitation that is extended to me to meet the artist's connect and understand. And through Zooming uh, very regularly, what this pandemic has done, and it's probably where its potential lies, you know, if we are to talk about a few positive aspects about this pandemic is it really forced a an enhanced awareness of how I'm how I'm listening or how I'm uh, how we're chatting and exposing ideas. And I think it's what we owe each other in this medium of you know we're not together I have to I have this anecdote Star will probably laugh because she she doesn't know but I was watching the trailer of her show that premiered last week and as I was watching it it's the first time I saw Star in her full as a full body and I thought had I wow I had would have not there's something about the way she moved that completely matched my imagination and yet in her physicality there was something that was not what I expected so I thought it's interesting because we have become this heads and heads on shoulders and yet I feel like I had this amazing conversations and this depth of, of engagement with both Michelle and Star that was made possible because we were you know focusing on each other's eyes and faces and and this ongoing there was something that was very sharp in the in the concentration and listening that it invited and perhaps to also go back to what you were um, saying a bit earlier Claire yes I think we started from the very beginning with acknowledging that there are many things that need to change in this in the way our communities work in the relationship between presenters and artists not necessarily in the relationship between artists presenters with audiences but just in this coming together between presenters and artists I guess the commodification of dance as a product and this whole you know the pressure of touring and everything that actually makes the ecology, but also, I guess, the economies of dance that actually, in the long run, have perverted, I guess, uh, some of the fundamental things that should uh, unite us. And the first thing would be to say that we presenters, whatever word we put on who we are or the role we have, we are at the service of the artist. And, you know, we would be out of job if artists would not have something to present. But we are also, I wouldn't say the gatekeepers, but we are the connectors to visibility um, between their artworks and audiences. So I feel that we owe we owe them attention and focus and intention and to extend an invitation with care and and with yeah I think the word is care it is used a lot these days so for me it was extremely reassuring to be guided in these conversations by Michelle and Star because they told me a lot about the artists and the community and what's important one needs to transmit or what needs to be seen in this not necessarily artists specifically but what is important right now in this moment in time had I not had the those conversations probably would have taken me a much longer time and and 
I guess what for me was really quite rewarding was to have the opportunity to to be given carte blanche, I mean, three of us, to imagine whatever we wanted with this edition. There was absolutely no pressure from Dance Centre. There was no guiding parameters. So we really, you know, we, we realised we worked with big ideas or big philosophies, but then we were able to, or we, we were given the space to be ambitious enough to actually translate those ideas and, and, and values into what hopefully you will be uh, seeing in less than a month. And um, I wonder, had it not been for this content, had it not been for this context, I wonder if, you know, if I had come to Vancouver, I don't know, like twice maybe before November, would we have had the same attention or the same focus? I don't know. I was just going to just add to what Angela shared is that I remember early on a conversation that three of us had was, you know, what what is really the I think we just said it pretty bluntly. What what is the point of of gathering together? You know, what what is the the point of doing any of this anymore? You know, and we were in that place of when you strip it all down, and I think we use the words too, when the spectacle is gone and we can't even be physically together and it's not about the big performance show, what is there left that's important to still come together for, you know, and, and to not not to give ourselves the space to maybe reflect for a moment on what has been lost or what has changed or what has been revealed or what has been transformed, you know, um, all of those things. And, and our hope is that when you asked Claire if the programming was a reflection of the conversations, I think it is a direct reflection of all the conversations we've, we've had over this past year, not only with the three of us, but just in our own communities and with the artists and with the community in Vancouver and you know and, and often we would talk about what was happening in Australia and what was happening in Canada and you know the similarities and across all the different oceans and so I feel like it is a reflection it's it's my hope is it's going to be almost like a, a time capsule of 2021 you know what was happening in November 2021 in in Vancouver in dance and and that this will be an honest expression and reflection of that through the artists and the presenters and the audiences that come and will have this shared experience, which will look different than it has in the past, but we're all different too now. The world is Exactly. Different. And I feel like gathering is the value. And however we find ways to do that gives us purpose. But then also there's something about who is curating this and co-curating this and the wealth of experience and insight that comes from programming and presenting and talking with people about these things. And that, that is a time also for you as co-curators to be reflecting and bringing those reflections to the programming. So there's something really quite you know rich uh, obviously about it but in terms of allowing that I think you said I'm not sure who said it but slowing down I think Angela said there's a little bit of like slowing down and being okay with that and realizing that out of that there is something that can resonate with more people in a sense in that because we're all so much instead of it being about our differences it's also very much about how we have all coped or our coping strategies which might be different in the same circumstances you know like so there's something that's brought us together but we're not being mandated or pushed well we are in some ways but we're not div isn't saying this is the mandate you know this is we're keeping this going the same that we've always done it despite the situation there's all of this information that we can all if we if we accept that we're gathering, we can all get something out of that. And that's an interesting space, I think. I think we did speak a lot about rituals of what it, what dance does. is really about two important things. It's really rituals of coming together 
and also witnessing. And I think that's something, these are the two, I guess, active verbs, I would say, that we, we use quite a lot. And I think for, we talk a lot, I think, in, in our field about the institution and what, um, you know, whether in resistance or in resonance to the institution, what it can do or what it undoes very often. And I think this is a great example of what is possible where, you know, this institution, which is Dance Centre, allows, obviously extends an invitation like this, and we are able to unfold this journey, we keep saying, but it is something that we truly hope will be experienced as a journey, um, and to also reinvent all the mechanisms temporarily of what brings us together or how we operate in this field. So we've tried to uh, bring to the heart of this what is inspiring in Indigenous knowledges, uh, whether it's uh, first nations, peoples in Canada, Australia, or New Zealand. But I think what we centered our, I would say, vision or ambition for this edition was a few very basic things. We're going to work with circles in whichever way you want to imagine that. Just imagine a circle, like including imagination. If imagination could be a bit spherical, I mean, you know, the Stoics imagined that the imagination was spherical. Uh, Indigenous peoples have been saying that for forever, and correct me if, I, if I'm wrong, star. But, you know, so circles, uh, interrelations, uh, interconnectivity, the fact that, you know, listening and hearing are two different things. The fact that, you know, you, you shift how uh, a seating bank is positioned in front of a dancing body, it shifts completely the, the, the perspective. So we talked a lot about shifting the gaze, not because what was happening before was not right, but utilising this, this moment in time, which is a civilizational crisis, really, in just pondering for two minutes on what you know, what can change, what needs to change, what can we change? And I think this word change has been very often worked with and through because there are many things that we are getting wrong in how we presenters extend invitations to the artists, how the space we offer, we open or we do not open. And I think our role is really to be, Belgian colleague, famous colleague of mine said it beautifully, we're hyphens. So in that in-between space, there's so much potential and we just need to open that space with how we open the space, I mean, and the conditions around it and supporting it define the experience of the audience, but also the relationship that carries us forward. So again, I come back to this notion of responsibility and, and what we owe the artists. And I think we just wanted to be uh, mindful of this challenging moment in time that really deeply affects what I think is the DNA of dance. It's, it's about movement, touch and breath you know without breath there is no movement all the corporeality of this art form was completely denied you can take a body online it's beautiful but it's not really what it is about so then how do we work with what we have left and what imagination might it prompt to move forward if anything might change in the near future such as touring especially if we talk about a newly acquired uh, eco-consciousness that we are all now kind of faced with mm -hmm. what what kind Kind of relationships then will that trigger in you know between artists or presenters and also access to other audiences what does it mean to be local or to what does locality means or localness in my role as a guest curator obviously I 
had to imagine works that might be interesting to, you know, interesting for other audiences at other parts of the world. Well, what if we can't travel as before and probably we won't? Or what if the whole world then goes back to normal and we continue to tour as we used to tour with artists coming in, staying for two seconds somewhere and then going back and there's no connection with local audiences? What does it say about this art form, which is really so much about connection and so much about situating an embodied knowledge and translocating somewhere else and sharing it with an audience. If all these very subtle shifts or subtle chemistries cannot operate anymore, what do we do? So I feel like that our conversations have always had this moment of let's trial this out right now in this present moment. But there was this sort of we are projecting something for the future as an invitation to perhaps think differently or work differently, whether whether curatorially, artistically, or simply in the kind of invitation that it is possible to extend to audiences. Yeah, I feel like there's uh, something around like the, the idea of listening to understand or listening to engage, listening as a form of engagement and as a form of embodiment is a possible place that audiences can begin to kind of attend to more in how they attend to dance and also potentially have that as part of going forward in the future, how an audience might come to understand is by observing as a kind of or looking as listening is something I like to in my research that they talk about this idea of that's a, a degree there are so many degrees of embodiment and there's and, and so many degrees of engagement and I think you're opening up that space that's where the space is to have these kinds of questions that I think are the start of something and the start of how to engage differently with presenters where presenters can engage differently with their audiences potentially. Yeah I think I think that it's reminding me too just about how I feel as within our art form as, as artists, you know, this is the pandemic's been going on long enough now that, you know, we're 18 months into it that we have, I think, adapted to many things and we are, you know, in a very different place than we were at the beginning where it was, I think, quite quickly, we, we just put stuff online, you know, without really knowing what that meant. And I think over this past year and a half, we've had some time to consider what it means to have our bodies in a digital space when we're sharing that space. How do we share it? When when is it live? When is it streamed or recorded? All those questions that I you know we didn't have to really think about before as as dance artists. And now we've had to and I think we've I think going forward, as Angela has said, like we're gonna be thinking about that, you know, how what what is performance gonna look like? What is touring gonna look like? What is this hybrid that might be possible now as I feel like it's rather than replacing live performance, I feel like it's enhancing the possibilities of different conversations or different ways of viewing the work, different ways in, you know, and, and over the last year and a half, I've really loved a lot of the artist conversations that have happened in the dance world and theater world. And, you know, particularly for dancers, I don't think we've spent a lot of time really having those conversations about our, our art, really, you know, we do a show and we rehearse for a very long time and we put up a show and, and then we're on to the next. And, and I feel like this time has given us, yeah, the opportunity to think about that. And I'm, I'm excited that at Dance in Vancouver this year that we're going to have all of those different elements of the programming, though it, it won't be shows online or shows in person, but there'll be all the rich conversations around it or all of the different ways into the pieces and into the work that I think is going to just make it 
a much more embodied and rich experience for people too. So it, that's something that's a surprise for me because I think there was a bit of a judgment maybe on my part, you know, prior to the pandemic where it was just that it was, if it was online, it was going to be less than the live performance. But I actually feel that although the live performance is so amazing and can never be replaced, there is something that we can consider in a digital space and, and in conversations. So I feel like that part's exciting to me to see how this is actually going to manifest. Do you year. have live performance as well? Is that the plan at the moment? We do have a few sort of woven in there. <laughs> Maybe I can share about Tasha's yeah. work. I'll, I'll share that. So Tasha Faye Evans is an Indigenous artist here in Vancouver, and she's going to be sharing a solo piece called Cedar Woman, which is something that she has uh, a piece she's been working on now over the last couple of years and through some residencies at the dance center as well. And Tasha's going to be sharing this work at the Annex live and whether we're not sure how many people will be there live but but she will be there performing live and then speaking to what I was saying about all the other conversations that are happening Margaret Grenier and her husband Andrew Grenier the dancers of Dam Lahamid will be sharing a talk the day after Cedar Woman speaking about West Coast dance and the relationship to the visual arts and form lines and how those form lines in the visual art actually inform some of the movements and the patterns in the dances and interestingly Tasha, even though it's in a different form, she she did use some of those same kind of principles. So it's a live performance, but there's some other elements online too that will will complement it. So that's one thing I'm excited about is seeing is seeing that work live. Yes, yeah, so that's one option. That's one possible uh, option to come and see live, and then maybe Angela, you have another highlight. Well, you know, there's nothing live. worse than asking a, you know a mother to choose between the kids. You know, that's. <laughs> I, mean, I think. I, I think. Uh, what would I say? Yes, we do have um, some live performances, and I think what I particularly liked about the, those offerings is that they're all very unusual. They're not necessarily with one or two exceptions. They are not for the theater, as you would imagine in a conventional setting, but rather for unusual spaces and an unusual way of engaging with audiences, whether it's durationally or spatially. So perhaps I would mention The Biting School, Arash Kapoor with Rangutan. I think if I speak about it, I will, it will be a spoiler, but perhaps just to say that it is it is a very interesting take. I think it's got a bit of a comedy. Uh, it treats though with, uh, with a sense of a very interesting sense of humor, something that has gone in the last years in every sorts of, um, in all sorts of extre- religious extremists kind of approach. I think the body, this all these artists are really putting their bodies on the line in a in an interesting manner as in the subjects of the or the themes of these pieces are not necessarily entertaining or joyous, but they are again an invitation to pause and think and engage differently and perhaps more of a sensorial invitation to really engage with movement and with imagination sensorially, which is something that perhaps we we do not think very often off, but probably, and probably the pandemic has numbed a little bit how we sense the world. But I think it's um, something that responds greatly to uh, the sense of disconnect that we have all experienced. And I can speak from uh, a Melbourne perspective where uh, today or yesterday, we became officially the the city in the world with the longest lockdown, with the harshest, the longest lockdown in the world over 250 days. So for me, it was really interesting to, it's the first time that I'm actually curating um, but at the same time, I'm in this exercise of imagination because I can only imagine what these works will become and and I can only imagine what I might feel if I am to 
imagine those words. So it is a very interesting exercise, but also a very telling proof that dance can operate on so many levels, because in the many conversations I've had with with the artists, whether those who are in the program or just conversations with the dance community, I feel that there is something that has been activated corporeally or a sensation in my body, because it when, you know, Lee Soufet, who's one of the programmed artists, is um, talking about dancing from a place of enoughness, or uh, Justine Chambers is telling me about, oh, is that really all we can do in terms of imagination just to put digitally our works online? Or uh, we've had so many interesting conversations that I feel that I've been with them. I feel like I'm, I, I can, I know what their, how their physicality will unfold, and I almost feel what the audience might experience. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's been a very interesting exercise, and and. I think also to say that, yes, perhaps the conversations program, which is really an integral part to this programming, and I'm glad that Star mentioned it. Yes, it is about embodied performance. There are some works that are digital or they have been conceived as, as a digital sensorial experience. So even if you can't see movement, there is a lot of movement that probably will be happening in your mind and filtered, filtered through your body. Uh, but the conversations element is also equally important because they open a space to really, it, it's an invitation, I think, to contemplate all these many possibilities that dance and its bodies open up. And maybe to just give an example is this keynote conversation. We're not doing keynote speeches, we're doing conversations. And the, the, the festival will kick off with this dialogue between Yvette Nolan, who will be in conversation with uh, this incredible Indigenous artist from Australia, Dahlia Pigram, who will be talking about Indigenous dramaturgies, Indigenous ways of being that are not necessarily only about how we are on stage dramaturgy but how we are in everyday life and and going back to those values of listening and hearing and paying attention to on which lands uh, we stand, which I think is a question that any anyone working with dance through should you know consider where where do your feet stand and and also how you how do you stand um, ethically and corporeally in the world and I think all those um, invitations are very generously offered both through the embodied performances and equally through the series of conversations um, where I think yeah we've we've worked out a, an amazing lineup of, of speakers um, both from Vancouver and uh, internationally that's amazing so I think that's a wonderful place for us to end this and the star you'd like to add anything to that but I think it was lovely yeah I think that's great a great place to be continued yeah. from there come and see dance that's exactly what I wanted to say that the Dance in Vancouver 2021 is from the 24th to the 28th of November so keep a lookout we will reach you all through our many platforms. But I just want to say thank you so much for joining me. That was really wonderful. And I feel quite honored to be part of this journey before I go and engage with the actual event itself. So thank you so much, both of you, Angela Conke and Stamaranko. Thank, thank you. you. And I really look forward to DIB CF. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. We would love for you to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts, as this will help other listeners find us and help us to grow our dance audience. We'll be back next month. In the meantime, you can follow us on Facebook at The Dance Centre, Twitter at Dance Centre, and Instagram at The Dance Centre BC. And if you'd like to support our work, please consider making a donation. 
just go to our website at thedancecenter.ca where you'll find extensive information about our upcoming programs and events. The music for the Dance Centre podcast was composed by James B. Maxwell. Always a pleasure to connect with you through dance. Until next time.